Great to have you with us once again for the moments that mattered after round five here in the Hungry Jacks NBL. I'm at HQ. Derek Rucker is at Nissan Arena. Ruck, there's a lot to talk about from this round. Why don't we jump straight into Melbourne United? Eight and one to start the season. Well, they've clearly separated themselves in this competition. They are the team to beat. Jack, they look so deep. They defend and they can score the basketball. And the thing I like most is it looks like they've got their offensive uh, cohesion right. Chris Golding is kind of spearhead, spearheading that attack, and it's all been for the betterment of their win-loss record. It is an interesting one at the moment, isn't it? With no Matthew Dellavedova, no Ian Clark this afternoon as well, that created more opportunities for Chris Golding. Do they look a better team when CG's got the ball in his hands more? Well, there's certainly going to be a challenge in front of Dean Vickerman when he has all four of those guards at his disposal. Ian Clark's been playing fantastic basketball. In fact, I think he's playing better now than when he was a part of the Sydney Kings. Chris Golding found his way. He's a legend. We know what he can do. Shea Ely is one of the best point guards in the competition. And then you bring back Delhi with the experience, the toughness, and the determination. That is the best four guards that I've seen almost play together on one NBL team ever. So, with that said, normally you'd look at a team that are 8-1 and one and you would say that they're a fair way ahead of everyone else. Are they a long way ahead or are they just playing really good basketball right now and there are other teams losing around them? Well, the team that we thought was going to be up there with them, the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, all, all of a sudden find themselves in a little bit of strife and down in that middle class. So, you know, I think clearly it's one, Melbourne United, and then we got a, we got a big and growing and overpopulated middle class, Jack, and it's, uh, it's getting real interesting fast. So that's at the top of the table. Almost at the bottom of the table is the Perth Wildcats. We've got to talk about them. Rucker, I think in some respects they're lucky that they've only had the one game this weekend. It was hard to watch on Friday night. Credit to the Bullets, they were outstanding. Um, we spoke about them last week on this show. We've got to go pretty hard on them again. This situation, it, it looks really, really challenging right now from the top all the way down. The energy looks really bad, and that's what's concerning to me. We know Bryce Cotton is struggling. And look, there have been all types of philosophies and theories on why things aren't happening from the system to interpersonal relationships. But some of it has to come back to not only Bryce, but to other of his teammates as well. You got to look in the mirror and say, I'm not getting the job done. I thought Bryce had an opportunity in that game against Brisbane on Friday night to really change, uh, change the outcome of that game. He had a three in transition that normally we expect him to knock down. He didn't make it. There were other plays from Pender and Webster that didn't quite go the Wildcats way. And then all of a sudden they find themselves losing at home in front of the Red Army in a very embarrassing manner, uh, Jack. And wow. There's a lot of discussion about John Rilly. We spoke about him. Before I get there, I want to ask you about Jordan Usher, who came in with a lot of hype at the start of the season, had a big game in round one, hasn't been able to fire since then. Is he now under pressure as that prime import player? Got to be. And NBA scouts love Usher's talent. They love his ability. But there's always been a question mark over reliability and mental focus and those types of things. We know the talent he is. And I thought coming out of the blitz in the first round that he was going to be one of the more dominant players in the competition. He should be able to defend in this league. But offensively, it just hasn't happened for him. He looks a little bit lost. And I heard that there was some a little bit of chirping between him and Bryce Cotton the other night during that game. So, you know, the eyebrows are fully raised now, Jack. He's got to be a little bit careful, Jordan. He's got to remember this is Bryce's team. Um, John, really, 
John really is the coach. Uh, I know you spoke about him last week. We're a week on. It's another loss. Um, what happens next? This is the hard thing to try and work out here is what do the Wildcats as an organisation do next? Well, it would be a bold move to change coaches right now. And I hope that doesn't happen for John. Really, obviously, I have a relationship with him, and it's a very difficult and awkward conversation, but one we must have nonetheless. Look, John, I think, has to find his coaching persona, what his identity is as a coach. He's very emotional, and perhaps as he gets through this season, he can temper that emotion and really become more focused on what needs to happen on the court. Sometimes when you're over-emotional as a coach, it, it's shocking talking to your players, it's confronting, and they have a tough time finding their emotional rhythm and natural temperament. They're going to wait until Saturday night. They play the Adelaide 36ers, who have really started to find their groove now, as have the Cairns Taipans. Nice okay. win, a nice performance over Sydney on Saturday night. It was, and you know, if you look at it, they were basically down two imports. Patrick Miller goes down on a tremendously athletic dunk attempt. And of course, Tajir McCall wasn't even in the country. So when you look at that performance, full credit to Adam Ford. I said pregame last night that this team was really tense and focused. I wasn't sure how it was going to manifest come game time, but they did a terrific job last night after the disappointing, heartbreaking loss down in the gong on the back of a Tyler Harvey three ball. Um, and as you mentioned also, Adelaide, they're coming up. Southeast Melbourne, coming up. Mm. Brisbane, they've won two in a row. And I ain't going to lie, Jack, I thought if Brisbane came out of this, out of this weekend three and five, it was a huge win. But guess what? They're four and four. And whoever thought right now today <laughs> that Brisbane and Tasmania would be equal on the ladder at four and four, that's crazy. Yeah, and it's great for Brisbane. Um, they stand for something now. We spoke about this in the call of, of the Brisbane-Tasmania game that this group now has an identity. It's starting to come together. And they've got Aaron Baines and Shannon Scott to still come back into this lineup. And make no mistake, Aaron Baines has been training with the team. He's obviously not allowed here in game day uh, scenarios, but apparently he's been looking good. The break's probably done him some good just to settle down and, and refocus on what's important here with this Bullets franchise. Obviously, Shannon Scott's going to be out, but it looks like Justin Schuler has instilled in this group a belief in his system. I mentioned it at the end of the telecast to Andrew Gaze that I believe a player like Nathan Sobey, who's hard to win over. He's a talented guy. He's a superstar in this competition. But it appears that Schuler has penetrated Nathan Sobey's exterior and has got him playing the best basketball we've seen Nathan play in a good four or five seasons. So does that mean we should be changing our expectations now? I mean, Brisbane, we kind of thought, might be around the mark for a play-in spot. Are they a little better than that? Hey, well, they stood up this weekend when their backs were up against it and, they, and when they needed to produce, they did it. Now, I don't mean to tease you, but Thursday night, Jack, <laughs> is a big game right here in Nissan Arena. They play Southeast Melbourne and two hot teams and two really tough, talented, high-energy teams. And also, let me, give some, let me give some love to the guards from the Brisbane Bullets. Mitch Norton, Sam McDaniel, outstanding defense. Neither one had fantastic offensive contributions this weekend, but what they, what they were able to do to the opponent's guards can't be measured. Let's talk about Southeast Melbourne in that case. They are rolling now. And full credit to you, Ruck. About three weeks ago on this show, you said that once they get big source Alan Williams back into this mm -hmm. team and Mitch Creek gets over his little ailments, they are going to start to get busy. And, well, now they're second on the table. 
Oh, Mitch Creek, make no mistake about it, he is the best Australian player in the competition. Very hard to match up with. When he's on top of his game, Southeast Melbourne are a really good team. But when you add in three quality imports, Cummings, Brown Jr., and Williams, they go to another level. And we're seeing it happen right now. I know they're up here to play Brisbane, but the game I really want to see is that Southeast Melbourne Phoenix versus Melbourne United. That is going to be off the chain, Jack. I'm sure you'll be calling it. But look, you know, they're right there now, and they got to be feeling good about themselves as well. Quick word on the Breakers. Um, they've played oh. less games than some of the other teams, but there is high expectation given that they played in last year's grand final series. Where are they at right now? Well, you saw Modi Mayor. He went to the whip hand early. He changed the lineup around. And I'm just not sure if it had the desired result. I thought some of the guys looked a bit sulky. I didn't really love the body language. But Modi is a fantastic coach. They get some time now to just settle in, lick their wounds, and try and figure out how they attack. My concern is the play of Will McDowell-White. He's shooting 30% mm. from the field. He's only averaging 9 or 10 points a game. they got to find a way to ignite him because we saw last year in the playoffs when he's going and when he's pumping and feeling good about himself, he can really lift everyone else's play. But right now, sitting on the bottom of the ladder, I know they haven't played as many games as a lot of the other teams, but there is time, there is moment for serious concern down in, down in Auckland. A lot of conversations, I think, to be had for the Breakers. Let's finish up with thumbs up, thumbs down. We'll start with the good. Where are you going first? Brisbane Bullets, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I mean, why do you even need to ask me that question? 2-0 <laughs> and a convincing win. Now, look, I don't care who you're playing out in Perth. You could be playing an under-18 team out there. If they're representing Perth and that Red Army is behind them, Jack, it's still a good win anytime you go out there. So I give them full credit. But to come back here two days later and defend your home court against one of the best teams in the competition and really not dominate the game throughout, but I just thought they were going to win kind of midway through the second quarter onwards. So big thumbs up to the Brisbane Bullets. I'm going to go slightly different for mine this week. Okay. A little left of sense. I want to give a thumbs up to Melbourne United for their 30-year celebration that they had at John Kane Arena today. The reason I want to give the thumbs up, and I'm sure this will mean a lot to you because you've been around the league for a long time, because the past matters. I know that this is a league that's progressing forward at a rapid rate of knots. But history is important and Melbourne United went out of their way to make sure that all of the fans inside John Kane Arena knew about that 93 team today. That's, so, that's such a good point, Jack. And for guys who have been around for, I'm going on my fourth decade now as part of the NBL, you know, we, we appreciate and love the new guys coming through. And so I'm sure for someone like Andrew Gaze, Leonard Copeland and Warwick Giddy to be honored that in that respect, it really strengthens the bond with the past. And I think those guys, I mean, Andrew sounded so, so impressed and so proud of what he experienced today. And so, yeah, I agree with you. Thumbs up to Melbourne United. Did you say four decades? Yeah, this is my fourth decade, Jack. You told Nin me you were 93. <laughs> <laughs> the 90s, the noughts, the 10s, and now we're into the 20s. That's uh, four decades. Woo. You're a timeless classic, Rock. Let's finish off with thumbs down. Negative, who's it go to this week? Unfortunately, I'm going to have to point to the Jack Jumpers. I thought this was a disappointing round. I know they played a tough Melbourne United team, but I just didn't like their punch against them. I thought they should have provided a bit more competitiveness on their home court. 
and then to come up here, I thought they lacked energy from the start. So, you know, I thought it was a, a round where they could have made a lot of inroads. Instead, they fell flat, and now they're they're immersed deep in the middle of the pack on the NBL ladder. Well, can I second that? Can I give my thumbs down to Marcus Lee in that case? I, I love Marcus Jesus. Lee as a player. Leave the guy alone. He has got to be on the floor for Tasmania, particularly while they're without Will Magne. Marcus Lee has got to find a way to stay out of foul trouble. He's too important, Ruck. But you know, Jack, last week I mentioned that pre-tip-off in Sydney that watch out for Marcus Lee's foul trouble, but they got away with it in that game. Mm. And maybe he took a sense and comfort feeling like, oh, these guys can cover my back if I get in trouble. Not over the long haul, buddy. Like, they need you out there on the floor. You shoot 70% from the field. You're a great rim protector. He's got to be more careful with his fouls for this Tasmania team to advance deep into the playoffs. Round six starts on Thursday night, and it's going to be a very interesting round. It's also Indigenous round here in the Hungry Jacks NBL. So show your love and get to a game this weekend. Ruck, always nice to see you. Uh, I think we'll do it in person next Sunday in Kudos Bank Arena. Looking forward to it, Jack. And please, public fans, get out there because some of those Indigenous uniforms are absolute flames. Go get yourself one. Thanks for being with us on the Moments That Matter. We'll catch you next week.